0: B-Pod Studios.
1: My parents were in town, are in town. They got into town yesterday. And we could not pick them up at the airport. And when I let my mother know that, it was confusion (laughs) and anger. Confusion and anger. We had uh, gone to a uh, St. Patrick's Day brunch. And then we went over to friends' houses who were giving my kids a bunch of clothes. So we did not have to purchase them, and uh, I my mother uh, called from the airport because they call when they land. And I said, "Would you mind taking a cab?" We're at someone's house getting closed, closed, and then it was complete confusion and, and anger. Even though I have, if you're at a major airport, I have absolutely no idea why that's a hassle for you. You just you literally walk outside and get into a cab. They're, they're waiting for you. Yeah. As if they want to take you places. Right. You know? they're that's are just that's stacked stacked the idea. Yeah. How old your mom? It was my mom and my dad. Uh, 75, 76. Okay. I mean, the cabs are not, it's not the walking to the cab that's the issue. No, What's, my,
2: the, what's the cost to Newton for a cab? Like 50? Oh, more, 50, than that. more than uh, that. Like 60? No, 50. 60. For, a,
1: for a straight cab? Because sometimes it's 40 more
2: bucks. Nine. Nah, it's, it's usually like 30 bucks even from downtown. To go to the airport, just because of all the ways yeah. around things like that, so it could be like thirty, even just from downtown. I'm thinking it's closer to sixty or seventy to go to go to Newton. The cabs are cheaper. No, I'm saying a cab, not not an
1: Uber yeah. or, or anything like that, a ride It's you know a cab. I don't know fifty. I'm gonna say fifty bucks. Okay, that's fifty dollars. So there you go. Still, my mother's seventy six, and when she comes to visit. My family, she will, you know, get on the tram, get on get in the uh, whatever it is and go over to the rental car place, rent a car. You know. Oh. No problems. Wow. That's well all I'm was saying all out. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah.
2: She goes all out. Yep. Are we so behind the times that we don't have a train that goes To the airport It's that weird Silver line blue bus It's like a bus
1: Yeah they didn't It's like a
2: knockoff I mean anytime It's like down at the seaport Like if everything's Building up real big Over the seaport And it's like Oh they've got a T station No it's a bus It's an underground bus
1: no, that you are waiting for. I am just happy the rental <laughs> car place is actually physically on the Logan Airport property. It used to be up by oh, Suffolk yeah. Downs. That was that was the best. <laughs> just, you had to you wait know, for the little bus. Everything's they to... up to date now, man. I am just happy they have that big terminal right near the tunnel. Yeah, where you, you can go and you, get your car. You had to wait for the old six-row bus to pick you up and
2: bring you all the way out to in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we'll be we'll we'll get to the place <laughs> in a half an hour <laughs> to get your car. Right? Yeah, yeah. That that sucked. At least they've got that taken care of. Yeah, but no, no, no. I mean that's that the the, the that the fact that you have a major airport in a major city and it doesn't have a train that goes there. In a city that has that, I mean, we have the T. Like, even Atlanta has a train that goes there. Oh, yeah, the everyone airport. does. But, you know, you got to get on the old silver line, which yep. means you're taking the bus. That's right. I don't get that. I don't understand that. they got to figure that out pretty quick. And, like, if, you, if you're one of these people who's trying to be, oh, wait, maybe I'll take the T-boat. That goes yeah. across the road. If you can live in the city, I tried that one time. I'm like, hey, you know what? Apparently, it's a boat. Once you get off the boat, you got to get on another bus to get to the airport. <laughs> like, I should have just taken the stupid silver bus. I mean, it really is way yeah. more of a pain in the ass than it should be to get to the airport.
1: Yeah. I, I mm-hmm. don't drive to the airport. I don't pick people up from the airport. That is it's uh, not I, the parking, the renting a car. No. That's all, that's all out the window. You should be able to get on one train... You know, like one train that takes nope. you directly to the
2: airport. The, nope. Of all places in the city, the airport should be the one that has train service. Get the app, get the Sports Hub. Get Toucher and Rich.
1: Down, down, Download the Sports Hub app today. So if you look at the top four seeds, and part of this is because there are three ACC teams, but Duke is the only one that seems to be winning. I mean, North Carolina lost to Duke. Virginia, Virginia lost to Florida State. And Gonzaga got beat by St. Mary's in their conference tournament, right? So I mean, it, unlike in previous Tennessee beat years, Gonzaga. yeah. And, but Tennessee was beaten earlier. You know, Kentucky got beat in the eighth in the um, SEC tournament by Florida. I mean, there are no real sure things. Duke is playing about as well as anybody, but there's no real dominant team that you look at and go, "Okay." I mean, the odds are, if you take chalk, this is the team. You can say Duke, and that's fine, but I'm sure there are plenty of teams because Duke doesn't have much of a bench that will go, oh, okay, you know, Duke's a number one seed, but I don't think they should win. There's no sure thing out there. Well, no. as
2: you mentioned, the two seeds pretty dangerous as well, Michigan State, Michigan, Tennessee, and Kentucky, all with pretty high expectations. But if you want to look at what Vegas thinks, right now it's no surprise that Duke is favored to win the whole thing at plus 250 and then followed by Gonzaga at plus 500, and then you have North Carolina and Virginia both tied at plus 800. So locally, Northeastern makes the cut for the first time since 2015. They are seated 13th and they will make the trip to Salt Lake City to take on four seed Kansas on Thursday. Then you got the Vermont Fighting craft beer men, the they're catamounts. Seen, is that what they are? Okay. They are. They're the catamounts. <laughs> they're
1: seated thirteen. Having been in that gym, they're the catamounts. Trust me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the what fighting a gym it is. The fighting fishes uh-huh. with a pH. <laughs> They'll take out on FSU. If only there was a team. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's like Grand Canyon University. We found out they were the antelopes last weekend. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well,
2: they're going to take out FSU <laughs> on Thursday, and then you've got uh, Yale. A uh, 14 yeah. seed, they're going to get their asses kicked by LSU on not, Thursday. Not
1: necessarily, you don't think? Oh, you think we got a little bit upset there? I, 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 what in the bracket? I actually saw Yale play. Bryant, they're Bryant, tall. I had I saw Bryant lose to them by about 40 million. Okay, and I, I, Yale's very good. <laughs> well, but this, they what does won that say at least Bryant, one game though, in the tournament last year. I the think. gym that they play the Ivy League championship in is dis- is disturbing. What do you mean? It's like there's no lights. And there's only and it's like got like high it looks like a high school gym <laughs> oh they were they were at Yale yesterday, yeah, the Payne Whitney gym is about eight hundred years old they They built that thing in like eighteen ninety and didn't touch it after that. That's, that's why it looks that way. Well, everyone knows the real tournament is the
2: NIT. <laughs> and damn it, Harvard fought hard to get there. Yep, they
1: lost to Yale in a championship game, and they were six seed in the NIT. They will visit Georgetown oh. for a
2: degenerate gambler special How on Wednesday doing? night. Yeah. <laughs> that
1: should be a powerhouse
2: knockdown dragout fight. Can't wait to not watch that one. So, I, well, out, of, out of all the impressions you had yesterday, because I, just like Fred, yesterday I turned on O. Oh, I think it was like the CBS Sports Network. Yeah. And they had to talk about this bracket for like four hours. And at one point, just these no-name guys are playing pop shot against each other. Yeah. Just because they, <laughs> they know that at this point, there's people who are just starving to figure out any kind of inside track and what to put in their brackets, because obviously everyone's going to be gambling on this. And it was other than those like first like the story. There's really not like a ton of huge stories out of this bracket. No, I know no. there's a couple like upset specials that everyone's talking about. I guess the um, everyone was saying what was it Belmont over Maryland? Yeah, Watford
1: is like a seven seed, and everyone's at Buffalo is a six. And yeah. like, how far can these teams go? I don't know how you guys see. I, I looked at this for maybe 15 minutes after the bracket came out. It just seems to me you can pick as many upsets as you want, but in the end, the top eight teams are probably going to be at least seven of the top eight teams are going to reach the elite eight. There's such a separation between the really good teams and the not-so-good teams. That's the way I see it anyway. But like every
2: other year, I'm probably wrong. Isaiah Thomas. Returns the garden with his team, the Denver Nuggets, and Marcus Smart for one is excited to see his old teammate.
3: It's feel good to see him. Yeah, you know, really we're good friends with Aziz,
2: uh, just like a lot of guys. And, you know, for for him to have the career he's had, and then go through the injury that he went through, and, and everything else after that, you know, you just you don't wish that upon any player, especially of his caliber. So, you know, it'll be good to see him, and you know, hopefully, he gets the love he deserves. But unfortunately, Isaiah has been spending more time on the bench than on the court as of late after returning from his injury a couple yeah, he weeks might ago. Not,
1: he might not play again for them.
2: Uh, maybe. Because right now, I mean, you have to understand, well, first of all, when he came back, his performance was either lackluster or bad, and the coach gave him a DMP just about five games ago, or five days ago, rather. And if you haven't been paying attention, the Nuggets got a lot to play for. They got the second-best record in the West right now. So they need wins, and they don't really have time to give Isaiah any kind of reps. Right. So, I mean, it's... It, And it's working. I mean, he stays up the court. The team's playing well. But that didn't keep Isaiah, however, from being excited to return to the place where he had one of the most ridiculous out-of-nowhere seasons in NBA history. Yesterday on Twitter, Isaiah posted, quote, And he opened gyms this evening in Boston. I'll pull up if there's some good runs. Someone from Emerson replied. And an hour later, there's pics of him playing against students over at Emerson. And probably for the first time in about three weeks, having some success on the basketball court. Yeah. Well, very cool. It was kind of neat. Uh, however, um, he—if you were going to see him play, t- I'm actually going to the game tonight. Um, it just happens to be that's because Isaiah Thomas is going to be there as well. That's kind of a nice bonus. Mm-hmm. But um, he can't play. There's no way the coaches—if he didn't play in the other night, there's no way they're going to put him out on the court against a very good Celtics team that's obviously motivated to win right now. Yeah, I'm reading that there's
1: a chance that he will never play again.
2: No, in the NBA. I haven't read that. I read I, it in Deadspin. Well, because well, a lot of it has to do with his injury right now. I also think that it's kind of unfair to judge his career for the rest of his life on his first few games coming back from what was a pretty bad injury. Yeah, the hip, the hip problem
1: has been a problem for him. What the last year and a half, two yep. years. Yep. I mean, he's he's been dealing with this, and I think Denver sat him the last three after he came back and played like 8, 10 games, something like that. Yeah, Denver does have a lot to play for. They're one of the better teams in the NBA this year. But you'd have to think tonight he's going he's gonna to find his way onto right. the course. Okay, well, here's the, what I read. Isaiah Thomas returned to the court February 13th, following 11 months away from basketball, recovering from a hip surgery. This was a moment of personal triumph for Thomas. For fans of his new team, the Denver Nuggets, on the other hand, this was a moment of dread. Thomas was horrendous last season for the Cavs while also recovering from hip surgery and his prickly discontent in LeBron's orbit torpedoed that team's ke- chemistry. Now one month and nine appearances later, the question has been settled. Thomas has been reportedly been yanked from head coach Mike Malone's rotation indefinitely. Well, I mean,
2: I think that he would make an okay backup. I have a feeling after a off season of training and hopefully getting back to normal. As a matter of fact, I read this on hardwoodhoudini.com,
1: so take that oh, okay. for what you win. The magic oh, slash right. basketball
2: sign. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I will dribble up for a layup and then pull a uh, quarter out of your ear. Yes, uh,
1: land. <laughs> the, the, this man's not just dunking. This, d- yeah. this dove will come out and dunk.
2: Uh. He said it's unlikely the Celtics will need a backup point guard. Or it's it's likely, rather, that the Celtics will have a needed backup point guard this summer. Terry Rozier is a restricted free agent, could very well sign an offer sheet. With point guard needy team uh, where Danny Ainge doesn't see a reason to match, Brad Wanamaker is also a free agent and could sign elsewhere for a bigger role. If Thomas is looking for a one-year prove-it deal, the Celtics could have a decent-sized role for him to fill. And by the way, he's all but begged to come back and be a Celtic. So that's the only thing I that confuses me, is that logic makes you look at his injury and think, the Celtics wrecked this guy. I mean, they made him, I don't, that's not fair. He played through injury that almost any other organization you think would have the right mind to say, you can't
1: play. They might've told him that he shouldn't play. And then he overruled. I mean, we don't know what the backstory is on
2: that. Well, once again, we've talked to Danny Ainge about it. And he, of course, you know, says that, that you know, he completely denies any kind of culpability and in, right. in what happened there. And I'd actually like someone to ask Isaiah Thomas tonight, even though it might be, you know, it's supposed to be all feel good. But I would like to know. But for a guy
1: who. I'll go go ask. I'll sit behind
2: the (laughs) back. You should. But for a guy who you would think would, if that was the case, hold a lot of resentment towards an organization, dude wants to be back here more than anything.
1: Because it was the one time in his career that he was the
2: guy. That season, it's so weird because over the last couple days, there's been a lot written about, you know, his return here. And you forget. What a miracle! Couple of months that he had here. He, of course, had that fifty-two point game during the playoffs. But there was a stretch of like two months where he was scoring it was longer like, than that. It was long, much longer than that. Was, I'm talking about like the over forty point like segment where like it was no surprise when he was shooting over forty. King of the fourth. When yeah. he was like in the fourth no, quarter, he, he would just was, go off.
1: It was longer than two months, Rich. That was like four or five. He really, it was. you said it before, it was a miracle out of nowhere season. No one thought he'd be nearly that good for an entire year. But he, he, he played as hard as he could for as long as he could, and now he's hurt. And will pro, 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 more than likely never be the same. Hardwood Houdini continues. He says, mm-hmm. now he said, imagine uh, this. I'll split these rings. <laughs> is your card the eight of spades? <laughs> yes, it is. Toucher and Rich Dale Arnold, who is uh, Hates Hates, hates Wallach <laughs> uh, With the heat of a thousand suns. <laughs> <sons>. true, yeah <laughs> He's uh, over there with uh, Rich Keefe And that was a good idea to put those two together <laughs> it's a Real think tank over there And uh, they Anyway, so uh, Dale Arnold had to talk to Conor McGregor <laughs> Yes, I mean You know
2: it's going to be good TV when you've got one of the world's most respected, meanest, uh, uh, most charismatic. Uh, charismatic guys, and he has to sit down and talk to Ned Flanders. I only wish I had a weed rem of proper 12 whiskey to oh, toast yes. a...
1: Uh, All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Come on, dude. <laughs> is it between periods now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is between periods. Okay. No, it's just not, not not before McGregor goes out there and does his thing. This is he's already done it. So that's yeah. okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. He's uh, he's doing an Irish accent because uh, the guy's Irish. <laughs> Oof! You thought that joke A pip was and bad. Whiskey, right? Th- I mean, Arnold doesn't sound like an Irish name. I don't think it is. Why are you doing an Irish accent just because the guy's Irish? I don't know. Everyone's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. (laughs) This wasn't St. Patrick's Day.
2: I wish I had a wee dram of proper 12 whiskey to oh, yes. toast a uh, oh, UFC yes. world champion. Conor McGregor yes, is with yes. us. It's good to
4: see you. Yes, a double champion. The UFC double champion. Let's One talk a little bit about
2: this game. This is your yes, first hockey game yes, ever. Yes,
4: it is my first hockey game. When
2: you were down there at the size of those guys you were looking at for the puck drop, what were you
4: thinking? They are big, formidable men and, and I was just uh, saying what I relayed to the Boston Bruins captain in the dressing room. I told him to take this puck, put it through the net, along with this other captain. So, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm here excited to see it. You know, it's a close game. Um, the oppo- opposing team are a very good team, so I'm very excited to be here, and let's see how it
2: plays out. A busy weekend for you. You were in Chicago today for the St. Patrick's Day Parade. You're here for the St. Patrick's Day Parade tomorrow. Where do you have more more Conor McGregor fans? Chicago or Boston?
4: I tell you what, I fought here in Boston. I've never fought in Chicago, but they, I tell you what, they treated me so good out there. It was great to be out there. What an amazing day!
2: It's so different from the world you come from because, as you say, it's ice, it's skates. It's so much different. I, I would assume the leverage
1: and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot different than sailing. What you do? <laughs> Fighting in hockey completely different aren't they well yeah it's different on ice don't you think don't you think that might play a factor into how they do things oh no it's the same the mat's pretty slippy slippery don't you think it's different do you think that uh fighting someone underwater would be different (laughs) than what you do how about fighting someone on a tightrope
4: Of course, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was actually fought in a kimono, where you wear the suit, so grips are very important in, in that in that martial art. That's why I kind of relay it to that. Obviously, it's a little bit different. They're on ice, they've got the skates and things like that. I'd love to see it live, you know what I mean? So, oh, you might. Yeah, I hope <laughs> so. That's job. why I went in, I was ready for war. <laughs> I said to them, I, I said to the team, the Boston Bruins team, which one of you is the enforcer? And they all kind of waited for a minute, and I said, you are all the enforcers.
2: <laughs> so, let's see how it goes. It, it was I, I mean, he was on the ice. Did you see him flip out when yes. Marshan scored? that go, Marchand's got to be bummed because he's, he flipped out, and he turned towards the crowd. And meanwhile, Marshan's doing the salute to him by doing the Conor McGregor thing with his arms. I only wish
1: ask. I had a wee dram of proper 12 whiskey to oh, toast yes. a uh, oh, UFC yes.
2: world champion. <laughs> After every show with Rich Keefe.
1: All right, so, uh, by the way, I like Rich. I love, we love Rich Keefe. Uh, so you you feeling pretty good? About what? He kind of made a fool of himself. I... Maybe. <laughs> Does that make you feel good? <laughs> I, I feel good on a normal day anyway, Fred. I'm feeling pretty good myself. I felt good when I showed up today. Yeah? Yeah. Still feeling good. Yes, Toucher and Rich. How are you oh, I've improved. Cool. 98.5 The Sports Hub. Get at your brackets, everyone. Hello, Mr. Sullivan. Good morning. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Explain this to me. Explain how Michigan State can win the uh, tie for the outright Big Ten title, beat Michigan three times, including the Big Ten championship game, and get put in a
3: bracket with Duke. I think you make a good point. would have been a lot easier just to put Michigan in the east with Duke and Michigan State in the west with Gonzaga, especially since – if you're seeding a thing from top to bottom, Duke's the overall number one seed, and Michigan State would probably be the top number two seed, so they should be with the last number four seed. Is that too crazy what I'm saying there? And so they should have been in with Gonzaga. I'm not sure why that happened. And you could even make an argument Michigan State should have gotten a one seed instead of Gonzaga uh, or one of the uh, maybe uh, North Carolina. You could make that argument. Uh, I think the one seeds are good. I, I really don't think there's any uh, problem with it, but you certainly could. It's debatable is what I'll say. Okay,
1: if you look at a team like Virginia, just doesn't seem to have it in the tournament. Is this? Team- I'm all for them getting bounced. By the way, they play the most boring style of basketball known oh, yeah, to mankind. Oh yeah, and I can't see. I mean, I, that's just what everyone tunes in for to watch a game that ends sixty-four sixty-one. Well, there was that Michigan State Syracuse thriller last year. Oh my god! Uh, so, uh, what is Virginia? Uh, is is are, what's the correct term? Are, are they vulnerable
3: uh, this year? Well, I, I I think they'll advance out at least to the Sweet 16. And, and I think it's a good point made there about their playing style. It, it hurts them in the tournament because and it, it happened last year against Baltimore County. They got behind, and they're not a team that can score a lot of points in a Harvey. So if they get behind because of the pace they play, there's usually not enough time left, or and they don't score points fast enough if they get behind. Now, it's, it's infrequent that they're behind because they play great defense And they do control the game. Uh, So uh, are they vulnerable? I'm looking at this bracket. I I don't think they're vulnerable until they come out to the Sweet 16. And there they could meet, you know, the choices would be Wisconsin, Oregon, Kansas State. Uh, One of those three teams, maybe that's the first challenge they'll get. You know, Oregon uh, has played their best toward the end of the season. Uh, they were really more interesting in the beginning when Manute Bol's son was on the team, but then he got hurt, and uh, it took him a while to adjust. But they won the Pac-12 tournament, and they're playing very well. Uh, I'm not picking them to go to the final four. I'm just saying they're a threat.
1: Uh, yeah, you like them in that 12-5 over Wisconsin. I've heard people say that.
3: I don't. I, th- I think I'm just. I'm just sort of giving you a general view there. I really like Wisconsin. Okay. And, uh, I think Wisconsin would come out against, uh, Virginia in, in that Sweet 16 game. Uh, that should be quite a, it, that will be a, as, uh, it was John who said it, it's a good, that'll be your 55 54 game.
1: Yeah. It seems this year more than a lot that the NCAA selection committee is, is, Putting certain teams against each other simply because they'd be good matchups. I mean, you have Bobby Hurley in a playing game against Chris Mullen. Their coaching styles couldn't be more different, and St. John's doesn't really deserve to be in the field to begin with. But am I wrong if Hurley wins, he faces his old team in Buffalo? It just seems too much of a coincidence there.
3: Yeah, they always deny that, but it, it, it seems they get these, uh, uh, they try to set up these these matchups that might be interesting just because of the stories involved. And uh, there's another one in the East. So, you know, Duke. If Duke wins, and Central Florida wins, Central Florida is coached by Johnny Dawkins, He right. used to play for Coach K, for Mike Shishovsky, and was his assistant. So it, sometimes you wonder uh, if they do this, but they've always denied it. They've always denied it.
1: And there are a couple others too. I mean, I guess Minnesota plays Louisville, so that's Richard Petino, Rick Petino's son, facing the school that fired his dad. I mean, yeah, that, that, that's again too big of a coincidence. <laughs>
3: That's amusing. And it, uh, uh, the other one people bring up is LSU and Yale, like the two scandal-ridden schools. Like right. Yale has the che- cheating uh, women's right. soccer coach, and LSU has the cheating basketball coach. So right. it's like a, a cheating matchup in the first round there.
1: All right. I, I think you're pretty set with LSU in any activity that they're cheating in some way. Or
3: <laughs> <another>. <laughs> <laughs> so is it okay to like Duke?
2: <laughs> I find myself actually enjoying this team, even though everything inside of me should hate anything that Duke does. Uh, when you watch them play basketball, I mean, obviously, is this a team that, like, what, out of the teams that you see, what, what team has the best chance to beat these guys?
3: So I think that, uh, I think Duke is, is Michigan State is the team, your team, Fred, that has the best chance to beat them in the East Regional Final. And I do think Duke is amazing in, in terms of the talent they have. Uh, Zion Williamson is unlike any kind of basketball player we've ever seen. He's so interesting, even Dan Shaughnessy watched the game. Oh. <laughs> he never watches college oh, basketball. Yeah, Sean, he was texting me, what time is Duke on today? He wants to know. Uh, he, a, I guess he can't look it up himself. Right, on, he's unable to cable use a computer. He has to have me tell him. <laughs> and uh, But uh, the, the problem is they are all freshmen, and sometimes it can lead to inc- inconsistencies. And the other thing is they are not good shooters from the outside, is what I'm talking about. They're terrible three-point shooters. They could get into a game where they're, limited in how close they get to the basket and and they and they don't shoot well from the outside and they could lose that game so uh i would say they're more vulnerable than even virginia because Virginia's at least consistent duke will have their problems shooting the ball now sometimes they just overwhelm everyone with their talent they give the ball to zion and he just dunks and they're gonna win do you think zion's if you haven't seen him play you gotta see him
1: Uh, do you think zion's game is going to translate to make him a star in the nba
3: Yes, I do. I mean, he's just uh, so gigantic, uh, overall, uh, and strong. Uh, I think it absolutely will. Uh, the, the player he reminds me of the most is Larry Johnson, who, you know, he used to play for the Knicks and, uh, who was not overly tall, but just was a brute, uh, near the basket. And he's, he's similar to that. And, uh, uh, he might even be more agile than Larry Johnson. So, uh, yeah, he will translate. He'll be the overall number one pick. It'd be crazy whoever gets the overall number one pick in the NBA draft that they don't take him just because there's such a cult of personality that's built around him, too. It's going to be uh, – it'll make – whoever gets him, their team becomes automatically much more interesting. Something. Wonder Woman was there, but she's lost all her powers.
2: Listen to the podcast on the 98.5 The Sports Hub app. Now back to Toucher and Rich, on Boston's home for sports.
3: Anything I
1: can on the team? You want to not come to any
3: more games? Why? That's rude. It's
1: an opinion. No, it's not an opinion. And, you know what, enjoy watching them on TV. What's Bird doing? No, he was. He he started calling her about thirty seconds ago. No, well, that that's on me. I just, no, it's I, not.
2: It's not on you. Sorry. It's, no, when you were playing. The audio, that's when he picked up the phone. Oh. Not when you brought the number in before the headlines. <laughs> and you said, here's her number, call her. <laughs> no, he was watching videos. <laughs> oh, man. Was it a good Sorry video? Interrupt. <laughs>
1: oh, boy. Dude, he wears headphones so he can listen to videos in there. Okay. And not the show. No, of course it's not the show.
3: It's not like we pay him or anything.
1: Yeah, I, I gave him the yeah, fine. number about four minutes. Dude, I stare at the phone. It was not your fault. <laughs> I saw you give him the number. What, do you think he, you gave him the number and he started calling? No, you had to finish the end of his video. You <laughs> had to see how Captain Avenger figures everything out. Captain <laughs> Avenger? <laughs> whatever, whatever the hell. Captain Marvel and the Avengers. See. Oh, see, my bad. That yeah. it all makes sense. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Marvel saves the day, you see. Yes, I've seen one of those movies. Charlotte uh, uh, Wilder. She joined us at the Super Bowl and uh, led us into uh, one of the more fascinating human beings on the planet. She was able to score a trip to Jeff Fisher's ranch yeah. and uh, get on a, a all wheeler or a four wheeler and just check out the vibe. He immediately gave her a nickname. Was like, "What's up, Shar?" Yeah, <laughs> just said, "Hey, Shar, couldn't you get back on the four? And let's take some jumps. <laughs> uh, she joins us now on the Volkswagen Dealers Expert Hotline. Now, Rich, uh, you have on an article that Miss Welder uh, did, yeah, uh, a couple years ago, but now it's uh, newsworthy.
2: Yeah, so with all this like Dolan stuff coming out, uh, there's an article of, of Charlotte's from show. Is it
0: two years ago you went to this? Yeah, I can't... First of all, hi, guys. I'm I'm laughing here. <laughs> it's, you're, uh, you have a really good Jeff Fisher impression. <laughs> well, I mean, just,
2: just imagine me with, like, a kick-ass, like, Marlboro in my mouth and tight jeans. Yeah, it's just... Well, it
0: would, it would be chewing tobacco and a mustache, but sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Even
1: better. Hey, d-
2: these jeans
0: <laughs> are
1: worn out, but don't think I'm tossing them.
0: <laughs> Off come the legs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I guess it's hard to believe, but, yeah, two years ago... Uh, the night of the NBA draft I saw that James Dolan was playing a concert at oh you know a wine bar in Manhattan literally the night of the draft which was happening three miles away at the Barclays Center okay so um, so
2: did you did you talk to him beforehand did he know you were coming or was this just a I've got to see what what the hell happens at a James Dolan concert especially at such an important moment you know for right. the, for the Knicks well he's so involved right.
0: Well, it, no, so he didn't know I was coming. I, that morning, I didn't know I was going until I saw the thing that morning and like couldn't buy a ticket fast enough. It was 25 bucks for VIP, so I splurged. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I told my editors, I was like, uh, I'm going to this. And they were like, okay, Charlotte, yep, my right, story checks out. Um, but so, yeah, when I got there, he was, just sort of milling around. There were not many people there. And I went up to him and you know, I had my phone out as a recorder and I I told him, I was like, I'm a reporter Like, can I ask you a few questions? He was like, sure. And then uh, he told me that he had no idea what was going on with his team and he was very uninvolved. Um, And this was during the whole time when there were the rumors that they were going to trade Porzingis. Um, You know, Jackson brought back questionable plays. I don't know. It was like everything was falling apart and here was this guy who just was um, very happy to play a three-hour-long concert as opposed to monitor what his team was doing.
1: Hey, pay the pencil pushers and the geeks. To worry about <laughs> that stuff. So, so I'm an
2: I, artist. So what is first of all three hours? My God, um, what was the crowd reaction when you were there?
0: Yes, yeah, so it was the longest night of my life. Um, <laughs> I think there were there were not many people there. It was probably about half full. Uh, and halfway through, two guys started heckling him. You know, they clearly thought out about it in a similar way I had and started yelling, like, you suck, and sell the Knicks. And uh, they got taken out very quickly. Um, now, was,
2: he, it was it, on, was it his, his instruction?
0: The security guy, like, the minute they started yelling, the security guy's just beeline for him. Like, they had a plan in place. <laughs> <laughs> these guys are like okay the first heckler is like you, they couldn't wait for hecklers they were so excited to be able to kick people out i think um but yeah it, it, he uh at one point <laughs> honestly like i was sitting literally next to the stage like i could rest my arm on the stage and i was having like a pretty significantly difficult time not just like laughing the entire time at one point he, he was singing a song about gypsies or something and he comes out wearing a top hat and like a scarf and glass. he looked like dr p <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, from, from the muppets the, the oh, electric Mayhem. it was truly like the most and honestly part of me i was like what is it like to just you know lack the self-awareness to be able to do this like i should have I
1: should have a dad. This guy's having the time of his life. Now, you know, so he's, but here's the thing is that he's clearly delusional. And by the way, The Tonight Show had him on, so give yourself a big pat on the back, yeah. Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, there's one thing to be delusional, but then he kind of counters that by kicking anyone who says anything negative about him out. So, right. th- so that's kind of a dichotomy. I can't really uh, figure out what's going on there.
0: Well, I I think the reason he, you know, he clearly feels that he has talent, I think. Um, I, I really do. And I think that he, you know, he takes this very seriously. And, and uh, he's not into people who don't take it seriously. He, his PR people got very, very angry
2: at me. Um. They got angry at you after you wrote the article?
0: Yeah, well, so I was kind of tweeting about it during the thing, and by kind of, I mean I was, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a lot of it got a lot of traction. Like, especially the picture of him in the top hat, and um, <laughs> and his PR people were not thrilled, and then they weren't thrilled that I wrote the thing, and then I tried to cover a Knicks game, with a few. Months later, and they told me there was no room. (laughs) So I don't know if I'm still not allowed at Knicks games.
2: I I, Uh, I just, Charlotte, I just found your tweet, and it's got a picture of him. And Dr. Teeth is the best description ever. But you put, Dolan has now done a, quote, persona change as some kind of carnival master to sing his (laughs) song,
1: Ballyhoo. Top yeah. hat, scarf, and glasses. This song's called "Ballyhoo." Yeah, plus he's got yeah. that cool voice. Like when he talks, "Hey, man!" <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I you know,
0: and I don't, I, oh, I, I don't mean to like totally bash the guy. Because, oh, why not? You know? Well, just you know, I was there as a reporter, so I, I was trying to maintain some semblance of like, here's what's happening.
1: <laughs> yeah, I and mean, what was happening was just painful and embarrassing.
0: <laughs> right, right. So it was, uh, it was a really, um, but it was, it was like two and a half or three hours just to be saw. And by the end, I, I was like, oh my god, I hate my brain bleeding out of my ears. So, did you, anyone so stay? Oh yeah, but I think a lot of them might have been his friends.
2: Okay. Oh, his friends. So, but but you said that there are people in the crowd who are, like, legitimately, like, cri- like, criticizing his voice, like, saying he couldn't sing, right?
0: Yeah, those. I think those were the hecklers, though. Like, they just started yelling. You know, it was like, it reminded me, I think I put this in the article, but it reminded me of when, like, my friends and I would be in college and go to baseball games and, like, heckle the other team. But we couldn't say anything, like, we couldn't swear or say anything really vulgar, so you had to come up with really inventive ways to, like, heckle people. sure.